Wow, you guys sound amazing today. It is great to be together. It's one of my favorite services of the year to honor heroes in our lives. And what I realized coming up to this week is that we I don't say thank you enough to people that I admire. We have so many people around us that inspire us every day and we get so caught up sometimes in our own world that we forget Man, this person encourages me. This person inspires me. And so I wanted to uh, take this time and thank you for all the other people who have shared in, in great ways about specific people. But the final category of heroes that we had today are our own personal heroes. People that mean a lot to us, that inspire us in different ways. And some of you are here because you're somebody's personal hero. And maybe you're like, Juan, you don't feel like a personal hero. You're just kind of meeting the need or, or stepping in, but uh, you, you're inspired. And that's really, uh, so really what I want to do is have everybody who is a hero today. So we're going to have all the teachers and educators and school staff stand up. Okay, stand up. <laughs> Okay. Now stay standing. Stay standing. Don't sit. Don't sit. Now we're going to have all of our military active and non-active military people stand up. And family members. If you have an immediate family member in the military, you stand up too. Okay. All right. Stay standing. Stay standing, and now we want to have all of our first responders, and I know teachers are first responders, too. I learned that today, but our police, fire, paramedic, and emergency medical staff, and all of our first responders, please stand up also. And now, finally, if you are here today because someone said you are their personal hero, we'd like you to stand up, too. Amen. Well, I know, stay standing. I know that you probably don't like the limelight, but we want to encourage you today. And if you would just stay standing, we're going to have a prayer, and then you guys can all sit down uh, as we get started. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. We thank you for these people that are standing right now. God, I pray that you encourage them, that you fill them with strength, that you give them inspiration and faith and and help them to keep on keeping on, doing what they're doing, God, serving those around them. God, I pray that you be with this sermon today and you be with our hearts and our minds as we open up your word. That you'll inspire us to be the heroes that you want us to be, God. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can sit down. Thank you so much for being here. And as we get started, we're going to watch a video of a hero Something heroic that happened in Paris, France last month, or a couple months ago in May, and I'll let you check it out, and you have to bear with me on the quality of the video. It was kind of one of those things that wasn't planned, so if you, just the fact that we got it on film is pretty amazing, but check out this hero. Rescue in Paris, an immigrant from Mali is being called a real-life Spider-Man after he rescued a child dangling from a balcony. Look at this. You can see Mamudu Gassama, that's his name, scaling four floors, pulling himself up from balcony to balcony until he makes it to the four-year-old and pulls him to safety from midair. 
I'll just give you a moment to get to that point. MTV reports that French President Emmanuel Macron has invited him to the Elysee Palace on Monday to thank him personally. Listen to how Gassama explains his feat. We came here to watch the football match at a restaurant. I saw a lot of people yelling. Cars were honking. I got out and I saw the child who was about to fall from the balcony. I like children, so I will hate to see him get hurt in front of me. I ran and I thought of ways to save him. And thank God I scaled the front of the building to that balcony. I mean, what a day. He wasn't, he didn't wake up thinking about being a hero, but he was in that situation. And I mean, there's even people right next door that are trying to help that are like five feet away. But he takes it on himself to climb up the building. I'm scared of heights, so that would have been terrifying. But he climbs up the building and uh, saves the child. What an amazing, uh, amazing guy. And uh, we have, we're, we're inspired by that, right? We're inspired by someone who sees it sees a need, sees somebody in either tragic need or even a daily need, and they are moved to take it upon themselves to meet it. He wasn't looking around. Everyone else kind of looking around like, hey, do something. Call the paramedic, you know, call the fire department, call somebody. And he just took it upon himself to, to meet the need, and that is inspiring. You know, it was amazing, uh, as Juan mentioned, getting to go to the fire stations and just in a small way show our appreciation as a church. Uh, but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a small thing. You know, my family has got uh, seven family members that are firefighters. And uh, next week, I'm actually going up to uh, Colorado. My brother's getting inducted uh, into uh, the National Firefighters Memorial uh, for dying during active duty. And, uh, you know, so it, it's kind of a really special thing. And one of the guys that I met at the fire station, he shared he's like two months away from retirement. And I, I was thinking about that and just like, wow, he's given his, you know, his whole career towards this. And it really moved my heart because that's exactly when my brother passed. It was two weeks before his retirement. And that God, you know, put this uh, hero, uh, sorry about that, put this hero in, in the front of my path there on a random Friday afternoon. And it just brought me back and it helped me to see, wow, this is, People's lives get changed because of heroes, because of your service and your sacrifice. It's not just a, a thing to do. You're not just another person, but your life matters in a special way. Uh, I'm excited to go and uh, honor him next week because it, it is it's an, it's an amazing thing. But today we're here to talk about, as people have already mentioned, the real hero, which is Jesus. And uh, yes, in my uh, younger years, uh, people did call me Clark Kent at times. Uh, I was a little younger and a lot bigger back then, and uh, it, I'll just leave it at that, okay? But Jesus, the ultimate hero... That he amazed people with his miracles. He amazed people by the people that he touched, by the people that he reached out to, by the lives that he changed. 
In Hebrews 1, it says that he was the exact representation of God. That if you wanted to be inspired by God, you would just look to him and see, this is what God is all about. And my prayer today is, is two things. That you, that we will encourage and honor you as heroes. So all those people who stood, and even my friend mentioned on the way in that we're all heroes to someone. And I pray that today that you're encouraged, that you see that you matter, that you're making a difference. And number two, that you'll be inspired by Jesus, the true hero, and you will be inspired to go after his mission for your life. That you'll be able to follow his example, our ultimate hero. Point number one, is Jesus a hero with a vision? Jesus a hero with a vision. You know, you cannot be a hero unless you're like that guy without vision. You know, he just showed up and he happened to be in the right place at the right time and he didn't have time to think about it. But most heroes know what they're shooting for. They're, they want to make a difference. They want to change lives. They know what they're fighting for. They know what's important and they know what's not important. They know what to go after and they know what to blow off. They're dreaming of helping someone, of lifting someone else up. But all heroes have a vision that includes putting others before themselves. Because without vision, you can't really be a hero. People were around Jesus and because of his passion, they were lit on fire. They were walking around and they were doing whatever they were doing and they came across him and they were changed because of how passionate he was. And some of you are that way to others. You're so passionate about your dream and your, 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 your thing that you inspire others. And that's how it's passed. You might not even have ever had a dream to follow God, but being around Christian people, somehow something inside of you lit up. And if you're anything like me, I'm like, wow, what happened? What is happening to me? How is this changing me? Why are these people so excited? Why are people so moved by church? I mean, I went to church, but it wasn't like that. Because vision inspires and motivates and is contagious. Today, the question is, what is your vision? What gets you up in the morning? What has inspired you and captured your heart? And I pray that it, today that it's Christ. You know, Jesus decided to come down from heaven because he, he had a vision before it even happened. He had a vision that sin was going to take people away from God. And that the only answer was him coming down and taking away the wall of sin for people. To inspire others to fish for people and make a difference and change other people's lives because they point them to him. Not only was he the hero with the vision, he was the vision. He was the answer. You know, turn over to Luke chapter 4 if you have a Bible or there's some in front of you or you can listen along. But this is Jesus when he started his ministry after he went out into the desert for 40 days fasting and being tempted and overcoming and you know, it's amazing when we overcome temptation that we can inspire others. The, the funny thing that Satan tries to take us out and the very thing that he uses when we overcome can inspire 
and fill us up and make us stronger. That's what happened to Jesus. It says he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues. And everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words from his lips. That Jesus showed up on that particular day, it was not an accident. That he got his vision from the word of God, written 750 years earlier. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, that I've come to proclaim jubilee and to set the captives free. And it's amazing that Jesus, he set people free physically and spiritually. He would do a miracle like the miraculous loaves, and then he would teach about himself being the bread of life. He would walk on the water, then he'd get in the boat and and calm the storm and say, why did you have no faith? That Jesus amazed people by his vision that he got from the word of God. You know, if you want to have a vision like Jesus, you got to get it from the same place. And imagine people burning as he shared that. The confidence and the conviction and the silence. As everyone in the room looked around and says, you know what? We're supposed to stone this guy. And yet they couldn't because they they, they were amazed at the things that he did. They were amazed at this vision. Well, maybe this is the one that God was sending to let us free. Maybe this was the one that was going to get us out of here and free us. And most of them thought about the Romans, but Jesus was thinking about the cross even from the very beginning. You know, it is cool to see people that have vision, isn't it? Something that drives them and motivates them. And, you know, a couple of my friends that are here today uh, inspired me by their vision. And I want to uh, share about Christian and Blair that are here with the Street Life Ministry. And I'm sure they weren't expecting this. But their love and concern and consistency for the homeless people in the valley was inspiring. Not only did they provide food and get it from different sources, but the thing that moved me was the thoughtfulness that they would bring specific items for specific people 
that they had requested a week before, and they would say, you know, this is the shirt that I got for you. I think it's your size. Or this is the batteries that you needed. Or this is, you know, uh, the specific need that you have. I, I thought about it, and I went, and I want to meet your needs. And it was incredible. You know, then about half, and I'm not saying that I am the uh, champion for the homeless or the servant of the poor of the year or anything. I went, I went one time. So I'm not an expert in this area. But then halfway through, he pulled out a picture of these, his dream to build these tiny homes for these people in need that would be self-sustaining. And he had the cost and he had the architect's pictures. And, and I remember just thinking, wow, this guy's fired up. He's got a passion. He's got a dream for what he wants to do. And he's going after it. And they met some resistance. And, you know, we're praying that that dream is going to come, tr- come true. Probably the thing that moved me the most was we prayed with a, a gentleman there that had been homeless for a long time, been in and out of rehab. I don't even remember his name. They probably do. And he shared Psalm 55 with me, how God wants to carry our burdens. And we had a time to pray like they usually do. And this gentleman prayed, was it Daniel? I can't remember who it was, but he prayed for about 10 minutes. And it was the most passionate prayer that I've ever heard. It was the most desperate prayer for God that I've heard in a long time. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm glad that I'm here, even if it's just one day. Because that changed my heart and my life, seeing the passion seeing the desperation of the world and how much they need what we have. You know, because vision isn't just some great thing, but it changes lives. And I wanted to have them here to thank them for that. And I know they've inspired a lot of you, a lot of our family groups, a lot of our people, because it's contagious. You know, a hero has vision. I pray that today I want to thank you for the vision that you have. And I want to call you even greater way to have the vision that Jesus has for this world. Point number two. That was Jesus' vision. Break down the wall. Point number two. Anybody ever been to the 9-11 memorial? I mean, it's, it's a moving place. It, it, I went there this past spring with my daughter for the first time and um, I remember having a prayer vigil at Josh and Jackie's house the year after, about a month after it happened, and just how disturbing that was to our world. And I remember walking around the memorial here this past year with my daughter Chloe, and you know she's just experiencing it. She was only one, so she didn't even know what happened. And we're walking around, and all of a sudden this name popped out, and it was kind of a miserable day. It was like forty-something degrees. It was rainy. I was ready to get out of there, and we passed this name. It says Todd M. Beamer. And you may not recognize that, but you know what he did. He was the one that was on the plane that was headed for D.C. that was talking to the operator, and they said that they were going to take the plane down to save the lives of others. 
and uh, they, they ended up uh, saving lives and, and sacrificing their own in the process. But his famous words uh, were the last ones that were recorded by him was, Are you ready? Okay, let's roll. And they took action. And they, they, were, they went after it and saved lives. And my point number two is Jesus, a hero with deeds. Because you can't be a hero without deeds. Without doing stuff. You got to do things. There's no heroes that just sit around and talk about being heroes. And the, the theory of heroism and how awesome it is. And I'll give you the, the, the chronological history of heroes. People are not inspired by that. They're inspired by deeds. I don't know anything about Todd Beamer's life. But I'm inspired by one deed that he was determined to do. And Jesus was a hero with many, many, many deeds. At the end of the book of John, it simply says, there are so many things that we couldn't even fill whole libraries of everything that Jesus did. But this is, this is kind of all you get. But there's volumes and volumes and volumes that we'll hear about one day. All the deeds that Jesus did. Now, he was connected with God. He was emotional with God. He was loving God. He was in the Word. He had great quiet times. He, he loved people, but he had deeds after deeds after deeds. And he inspired people by those. You know, I was just thinking about what are some of the most amazing deeds that Jesus did? I mean, one of them has got to be this. Right? So he feeds 5,000 people. Then he goes up on a mountaintop. And then he walks on the water all in the same day. I mean, that's some amazing deeds. That was heroic. That was just one day. And he just went day after day after day. But that was one of the heroic deeds. The most incredible deed of all was this one. Three days later, he appeared. What a deed. That changed their lives. It took scared fishermen that were concerned about their well-being and turned them into people who were ready to give their lives for him who were all of a sudden around the world with this vision that Jesus had because of one deed. Although it was a big deed. Rising from the dead. So when I was thinking about Jesus in his last supper, his last time with the guys, read with me in John chapter 13. And let's look at one of the deeds that Jesus did. It says when he, uh, Jesus went around and he, he washed people's feet. I'll read it in just a minute. So he went around and was going to prove to them that he is the Lord and he was going to just inspire them to change the world. And so what he does is he goes around and he, one by one, washes their feet. As they are amazed and appalled. This is, this is not right. This is not supposed to happen. I'm supposed to wash your feet, not you wash my feet. 
And yet, because he's the Lord, they let him do it. And he goes around one after the next. And if you could just imagine for a minute, when Jesus comes to you, and he is washing your feet, drying them off with the towel that's around his waist, as you're so uncomfortable, that's something that they never forgot. That was such a moment that lived in their hearts forever that he was willing to do anything for them. That he was willing to be nothing. He was willing to do it without title, without any kind of thank you, that he would be the lowest of the low. When he never sinned, and he gave them that example in verse 12. When he, was, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So Jesus said, this is for you that you'll do the same thing. It's not about, you want to, it's not about position. It's not about how great you are. It's about how low you are. It's about what you're willing to do for someone else. That's what moves people's hearts. Many of you in here are heroes, and you don't even know it. You're not even aware of the people's lives that you've changed. You can't remember the the times that you've studied the Bible with people, and probably so many that you can't even remember them all. You know, you, you've changed people's eternities. You've baptized them and you've probably forgotten a lot of them. The deeds that you do that are the small things from this passage we see live forever. That many of you are heroes, but you don't feel that way. You feel like Juan said, What am I? I'm nothing. I'm nothing special. I, I'm, I'm messed up even. I got problems. <laughs> you know, don't, don't follow me. You know, but Jesus says the words, very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. That if you want to be great, you got to wash feet. You can't be concerned about yourself and what you get out of it. And who's going to give you a thank you? And who's going to encourage me? Was anybody encouraging Jesus? Not really. (laughs) I mean, we can get mad sometimes, right? We have one-way relationships where we're giving, 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 and nothing's coming back to us. And we can be like, I don't want to hang out with that person, man. I just All I do is give. Imagine what it would have been like to have been Jesus. And just giving, giving, giving all the time. 
And I love that last verse where he says, you will be blessed if you do them. If you wash feet, you'll be blessed. If you put his teachings into practice, you'll be blessed. And sometimes the blessings come as you serve, you get blessed. You realize what you have. God uses the people that you're serving maybe to bless you. But in the same way, if you don't serve, you won't be blessed. Sometimes we sit around and we think about all the complications to doing something for God. How we need to organize it. We need to get people together and we need to figure out what we're going to do and just do something. Just love whoever's in front of you at the time. That's all Jesus did. Whoever was in front of him, he loved them. Or he loved her. It wasn't complicated. He didn't need a committee. He didn't need someone in his small group telling him that you might want to do this or that. He just did it. Because he cared. Because he took his faith into action. You know, and I'm inspired to share about another friend of ours who's here today, two of our friends, actually. Uh, Gloria and Claudia, uh, who have inspired a lot of of people. And they're some of the most humble people that you'll ever meet. Uh, I've had the privilege to serve with them a little bit at the uh, Galilee Center. And again, uh, I've only gone a few times, so I'm not a professional uh, servant. In that way, I'm not an expert, but I have been uh, moved uh, by your service and by your sacrifice for your life. They've really uh, given up everything to serve the poor and specifically the migrant workers. And so I go over and I hang out with them for a while and I come back and I am so inspired by their commitment, by their dedication, by their passion. I mean, they're, they're, they're rallying volunteers and they're encouraging people to bring their friends back and they're help telling people about the bike drive and they're, they're just on for God. And it's so inspiring. You know, and they, they have done an amazing, God's used them and, and many others that have been inspired by them to, to build up uh, Martha's kitchen. You know, which is one of the most well-known places in the valley, right? You've heard of it. You know, it was really God inspiring them to do it. And they inspired others. But the thing that was the most inspiring to me was that even after things went so well that they still weren't done, that they still were moved, by the, the farm workers because that's their heart. And so they, they gave all that up to go start over. And I remember thinking like, wow, why would you do that? You got this great thing. It's so amazing. Everybody knows about it. And now you're going to go do a whole new thing that nobody knows about. But that was their passion. And there's a lot of deeds that have gone with that. And so thank you for what you guys do. And thank you for the inspiration that you are to, to so many of us. 
And I pray that you're inspired in your faith, not just to have faith, but to have deeds. To look around for things you can do, for people you can serve, for the who can I show God's love to? How can I help? How can I stand in the gap? How can I see the need and climb up the building to do what needs to be done? Even if I don't make it, even if something happens to me, even if I'm uncomfortable. You know, it's not inspiring if it's comfortable. It's not inspiring until it's hard, until it's challenging, until you overcome, until everyone thinks you need to quit, but you don't. That's inspiring. That's what you were inspired by. And we can be, we can lose that. Let's just be honest, we lost it. We've lost it. I've lost it. In so many ways. That same passion, that same reckless abandon to throw ourselves into God's work. Today is a day for us to be uncomfortable, to be pushed. Some of us, when we hear that word, be pushed, we our stomach turns. (laughs) And we say, no, you're not going to push me. I'm only going to do what I want to do. And yet, if you're not pushed, you don't grow. If you never get to the point where you feel like, I can't do this anymore, you're not growing. Because that's what growing looks like. When you're like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm dying. That might be exactly where God wants you to be. We need to have a balanced life and we need to be able to do it for the long run and fill up. But we also need to push ourselves. And we need to inspire each other because God lifts us up. Usually a little later than we want him to. But he fills us up so that we can continue. Imagine Jesus when he was in the desert. Tempted to quit, tempted to give up, and then all of a sudden he he makes it through and he gets refreshed. And he's able to inspire. You know, he didn't give up. I'm going to conclude with this. A hero. Jesus was a hero that finishes. Not very inspiring if you're a hero that give up at the end, right? I was a hero for my whole life, but I just lost it in the end. You know, I fell at the fin- I fell right before the finish line. You might make it on ESPN for that, but not for good things. Jesus persevered. He kept fighting. He found his vision again when he was depressed. And at the end, when he was on the cross, he looked down and he saw his mom there and he, his last deed was to take care of her. Even to the very end, he was serving to the very end. John, take care of her. Here's your new mom. 
Then he said, I'm thirsty. Because he knew that the scripture said that he was thirsty. And he got a drink. I don't even know if he drank it, but it just let everyone know that he he fulfilled the scripture. And then he cried out, it's finished. And that's why we're here. That's why his name is not forgotten. Because he persevered to the end. He continued to love and to act and to serve and to pour himself out. Until he finally finished by raising from the dead three days later. Today we honor many heroes. And we give our thanks to show you respect. And the honor that the Bible says that you deserve. That was the first goal of today, to honor heroes. And I hope that you feel honored by God. The second goal was for God to inspire you through Jesus to be a hero for others. And my prayer is that he has done that as well. Thank you.